You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. I'm Jake McCandless, and I'm going to be talking about the Millennial Kingdom. And I'm going to be talking about the Millennial Kingdom in terms of understanding it by unpacking how we've oversimplified heaven. Okay, that's a mouthful, right? The title of this one's a mouthful. Millennial Kingdom, heaven more complicated than we make it. I feel like we have oversimplified heaven. To share what I mean about oversimplifying heaven... I want us to talk about where the dead are. Now, I'm a pastor. Currently, I'm a church planner, building a network of, we call them neighborhood and network connection groups. But we're looking to look at what the church needs to look like at the end of the age and, and go ahead and begin to put things in place. But still, I'm pastoring. And as a pastor, I've done numerous funerals been with numerous people that have taken their last breath or they've faced a challenging health situation, been with family members of someone who's passed. And when they're a believer, we're able to talk about how that they're better off. They're no longer, and, and that is such like a understatement, right? <laughs> it's not just, you know, they're better off. No, they're with the Lord. Right? I mean, way better off. We get to say, hey, you know, they're better off. They're with the Lord. They're in heaven. At funerals, often it's said, our loved one who has passed, they're now doing this in heaven. I mean, there's a truth there. But when we dive in and are studying the events of the end of the age, one of the things that we see is the location of the dead. And they're not dead, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Those who've died in this age, the lo- their location of their soul or body changes. There's phases. And what's amazing is in like a theological, doctrinal conversation, we'll, we'll say that. We'll talk about that. But then when it gets practical and we talk about heaven, we just like oversimplify it. We just say heaven. You know, sometimes there are settings, and, it, and, and I get it. I, I mean, I've done it. I'm trying not to do it, but I've done it. And I'm not diving into this to talk about, you know, to try to, like, set the record straight that, hey, we need to be make sure we're completely doctrinally accurate when we talk about heaven. I mean, that would be a good byproduct. But I believe it matters because I believe understanding the, air quotes, phases of heaven Help us see how much greater the reward is. Helps us see how tangible heaven, our reward is in the future. Because I believe heaven is far better than we can imagine. I don't think it's something we have to worry about. Like, you know, I'm trying to imagine. I believe scripture gives us details that points to heaven being far more better than we make it. And one of the reasons that we do not see how much better it is is because we overlook and miss these phases. And I want to take some episodes here and talk about the Millennial Kingdom. I'm really deeply immersed 
in the study and sharing about that right now. I have a new children's book that came out April 6th. For the first couple months, it's only available at the Stand Firm store. That's standfirmstore.com. But I got a new children's book called Jesus and His Kingdom. And you may have heard me talk about my children's book, Jesus and His White Horse, the first traditionally published children's book, children's picture book on the return of Jesus. Uh, It's been out since 2020. God's just really blessed it. It's been awesome to see families talking about and celebrating the return of Jesus. And so I worked again with illustrator Tyson Raines, and we've put Jesus and his kingdom out. Eventually it'll be available everywhere, but right now just through the standfirmstore.com, there's a link in the notes as well, but uh, get it. Super stoked. We talk about, in promoting the book, we talk about, you know, we always, we talk about this magical kingdom that's there, but there is a real magical kingdom, the millennial kingdom. Anyway, so I'm deeply involved in study of the and promoting the millennial kingdom right now. So I want to do some episodes on that because I, I really believe if we begin to grasp just some glimpses of the millennial kingdom, it will help us stand firm. It will motivate us to take this short life now and live it all for the Lord. I'm sharing it at events with youth and children, which is incredible. I'd love to come do that at your church or your gathering, doing some camps this summer. And what's what I found is just really amazing. The first time I shared this was with a group of uh, with a group of teenagers. One of them caught me afterwards, and they they'd been out of church some reason. They showed up that night, and uh, they they caught me afterwards. They said, "Hearing about the millennial kingdom just helped me realize." This stuff is real. Oh, heaven, the age to come, it's it's tangible. It's 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 something, you know, you can begin to grasp, and it sounds amazing. Even though we believe heaven's better than the alternative, I don't know if we think it's all that great, to be honest. Let me say that again. I believe we all believe heaven is better than the alternative. Far better than hell. But at the same time, I don't know if we're really all that excited about heaven. Now, this is going to get me in trouble. Please hear me out here. And I want to talk about that dynamic in a future episode also. Just our misconceptions about heaven and how they keep us from understanding. Really, I don't think we're all that excited about heaven. We should be. Now, If you have chronic pain, or if you're near the end of your life, you know, I've been with strong believers who have said they're ready to go home, but usually it's not till we get to that point, but not that tangible, right? Again, I keep saying we at least think it's better than the alternative, but we know that can't be the case. And scripture gives us far more details about that. Heaven is far better than we can imagine. And unfortunately, because we oversimplify it, we miss that out. As I mentioned, I think by understanding where our souls are over time, where our souls and bodies are over time, help bring the age to come to life, bring heaven to life, but make it more than just floating on the clouds. 
more than just eternal church service, more than uh, just a eternal family reunion. So let's quickly break that down. We talk about these phases. Right now, when a believer dies, their soul is said to be with the Lord. Philippians 1.23, Paul says to die is to be with Christ. In 2 Corinthians 5, he says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. In Luke 23, we read how Jesus told the thief that he would be with him in paradise. Okay, so these phases of heaven, I hate the term phase, but I can't find a good term. So if you've got a good one, put it in the comments. Help me out here. Okay, right now, as a believer, if we die, our soul, whatever composition that is, however that works, according to the Apostle Paul, goes to be with Christ. Philippians 1, 23. In 2 Corinthians 5, he says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So we know. I found this out the hard way with my daughter. Uh, so she was young and uh, didn't have a place for her to go for the day. And I had to travel across the state to do a funeral. And uh, my wife was working. And so she rides with me to the funeral. And I'm, it was a, a friend. And so as we're going to the funeral, I'm telling her that, you know, I'm telling her, you know, yes, people are going to be sad. But we know Mr. John followed the Lord. We know that he's in heaven. We know he's okay now. I prepare her for all this sadness by talking about he's no longer here. He's in heaven. And we pull up and we just happen to pull up where they're digging the grave and uh, forgot to prepare her that the body still would be there. And so we had theological confusion right out of the gate. But if we die now, right, our body ends up wherever it ends up, whether that's put in a casket, buried, whether that's cremated, whether that's whatever freak accident takes their life, whether it's donated to science, wherever it's at, our body ends up somewhere. But our soul, according to the Apostle Paul in Philippians 1, 2 Corinthians 5, as we read, goes to be with the Lord. Jesus told the thief on the cross that he would see him in paradise, Luke 23 then I believe one of the biggest insights into where are the dead now comes from Luke 16 in the parable Jesus gives of the rich man and Lazarus, where we see after death, the rich man, his soul is in this place of torment. Lazarus talks about it being in Abraham's bosom, but he's in this good place. Again, we can break down, well, okay, this is before Jesus' resurrection, and maybe there were some changes there. Okay, I think that's something for another episode. But just bottom line is, right, our soul is in, for believers, it's in heaven, it's in this good spot. For the lost, it's in this place of torment. Okay, that's that's phase one. Then... When Jesus returns, he is bringing back 
those who have were alive in him at that time or and those who have died in him and they're coming back with perfect brand new glorified bodies like he had he was the first fruit of preceding Jesus' return we have the rapture the resurrection of course the rapture of those who are alive in Christ are taken up given this new given their new bodies those who are dead in Christ their bodies are resurrected somehow, somehow transformed perfectly. But however it is, our soul is united with this new, eternal, perfect body, just like Jesus had. He had the first one off the assembly line. And we come back with him. In Revelation 20, we read in verse Beginning in verse 4, this is after Jesus' return. Satan is locked up, and we read, I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge, and I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony about Jesus, because of the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or its image and had not received its marks on their foreheads. They came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Verse 5, the rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with them for a thousand years. So we have the resurrection, the rapture, And believers, before the time of Christ, now have these perfect glorified new bodies back on earth, back on a war-torn, tribulation-torn, God-wrath-torn world that Jesus is leading and rebuilding, and we're there, part of the deal with him, which is wild. Okay, so are, are we tracking? So phase one, our souls... Lost, placed torment, saved with the Lord. Heaven. But that's your soul. Then, new body, back with the Lord on earth for that thousand year reign, which just blows me away that we will be in these perfect, eternal, infinite bodies. And then there are those survivors who do not have eternal bodies, who will live and die, who will reproduce and have children, who will live and die during that millennial time. And so you've got both eternal, us, non-eternal, living into that time. But did you also catch in verse 5 of chapter 20 in Revelation, it said the rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This seems to be talking about the lost who are in that place of torment. So if someone's lost, they pass now, they're in the place of torment. During the millennial kingdom, they're still there. And then later in Revelation 20, beginning verse 11, we see, Then I saw the great white throne of him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence. There was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, Books were open. Another book was open, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done, recorded in the books. The sea gave up their dead that was in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead within them. And each person was was judged according to what they had done. Death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. 
And so at this point, everybody has been resurrected. So for a believer, again, phase one, soul with the Lord. Then we're back on earth with him. But even after that thousand years, for the one who is saved, the party's just getting started. But for the lost, it says that they're thrown into the lake of fire. So place of torment, then the lake of fire. For the lost, then for the saved, the party's just getting started. Because in Revelation 21, we read, verse 1, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. There's no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among men, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. We go on. Verse 9, we see the new Jerusalem, this amazing city, the holy city coming down in this amazing description of that. So if you're still tracking the paths of the dead. Okay, for those who are lost, who pass now, their soul, place of torment. After the millennial kingdom, it seems that they are then resurrected in the second resurrection into the lake of fire. So, two phases. For the followers of Christ, the current phase, our soul is with the Lord. We can call that heaven. Now, we're not given much detail about what that looks like. But we're given a lot of detail with the next phase. So, at the rapture, the resurrection, we have new bodies. We come back with Jesus when he returns. We are here for his millennial kingdom here on earth. In a very raw, war-torn earth, and we're helping him, or he's, you know, involving us in rebuilding it. And then, after Satan is let loose, again, brings the earth through tribulation, he's defeated, and then the new heavens and new earth, the earth is made new. This idea of a return to the Garden Eden, but we're not talking about one garden. We're talking about the whole earth, an Edenic earth. And then on that earth, there is this one city, the New Jerusalem, that is described as coming down, having the streets of gold, having the gates of pearl. This amazing city. So these phases... And what I love about diving into that, and especially more of the Millennial Kingdom, as we'll do in some later episodes, is that heaven becomes so much more than we make it. It becomes a lot more tangible. I believe it's very important in motivating us to hold on, to stand firm, to be sold out for the Lord now. I believe it's important that we see all of the reality of the age to come that Scripture gives us. Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode. 